It's interesting that who Jesus chose to hang around was people that I think most churches would be shocked by. Well, the religious leadership of his day likewise was shocked in that way. If you have your Bible, would you take it out and stand with me for the reading of God's Word and turn to the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter. It's on page 850 in your pew Bible. Luke 15, verses 1 through 7. Jesus, as you know, is not behaving the way that the Messiah was supposed to behave. And yet they saw Him doing all these great miracles, and He was very confusing to them. But He tells them about how we are to follow Him. If you're visiting, we read this together out loud as a sign of God's community. And we get done reading, I'll say, this is the Word of the Lord. And if you believe it, you'll say, thanks be to God. So let's read Luke 15, 1 through 7. And as you read, listen carefully, you're reading God's Word. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers and the bloom fades, but those words will simply last forever. Friends, Sam, it's not only uh, the pastor of one of the largest churches in South America. He is also a man of God. And God has used him to speak to my life in the times that we have been together in Caracas, here in the United States, and other places in the world. And he's going to be preaching for us this morning. And I'd like to pray for you, Sam, before. Father, we thank you so much for our brother Sam and his wife, Nancy. Thank you for the blessing that you have given this church to have them during this week speaking to us and challenge us. And as he stands now, Lord, to uh, bring your message to this church and ask that your Holy Spirit will take him and guide him and speak to us this morning. Thank you for his life, his dedication to your kingdom, and ask that you continue to protect him and his church as they are this great witness of the gospel in Caracas, Venezuela. Speak, speak, O Lord, through your servant this morning. In Christ Jesus we ask. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Sam. Good morning. It's a joy and a surprise to be here with you this morning, to worship with you and to share the word with you. And it's been a wonderful week to get to know the strategic partners who have come in touch with Bel Air and with whom we have now started to establish a fine and wonderful friendship. I didn't mention my brother's good friend, Hermes Garbang, who has been a professor of molecular biology at UCLA over the years. I'm so happy you can be here with us this morning, Hermes. We read the parable of the lost sheep, and I think that most of our work comes down 
basically to that one call to help people to find home and to come home, to come into a relationship with our Lord. Last week I was so surprised, a Thursday evening, a TV anchorman called me and I said, I have to speak with you. How soon can it be? I said, I'm going on a trip. He said, I need to speak with you. So we met on Friday afternoon. And he came into my office. He's well-known in Venezuela through his television work. And he said, I want to know how I can be saved. I need to know that. I said, what's gone wrong? <laughs> he said, nothing. I just need to know how I can be saved. What is the procedure? So we had a wonderful talk. Juan Carlos and I came to that moment in which he could turn over his life to the Lord. Well, we went on and spoke for a good while about our Christian walk. And I think that that's precisely where we're at, whether here in the States, Bel Air, Venezuela, India, Brazil, Egypt. It's all about people coming home coming to the place where their lostness becomes foundness and the ability to say that we have come into a family that we belong to and that will never disappear, where we'll never be rejected or lost again. I do want to say a few words of thanks to you. Over the few years that we've kind of come in touch, with Bel Air, you have been so uh, generous with the work in Venezuela. Last year, you sent a gift which is being used to foster or to create a service that will help to support the drug rehabilitation program uh, that we founded many years ago, where over 3,000 men have gone through and are now off of drugs. And thousands of families have been touched, not only by the word of the Lord, but by understanding, helping to be, come to an understanding of what had happened in their own lives as a family. This year you sent another gift, which is being used to help establish a training center among uh, the people of an Indian tribe on the western side of the country, where they've had no training uh, whether in a secular sense or in a spiritual sense. It's among the Wayus in uh, El Estado Zulia, uh, in the whole petroleum area of the country, the oil refining area of the country. You have sent your short-term missionaries to be with us during the past years, and as a result, ours have gone out to other countries. Enoch came to be with us, and Mark came to be with us. And all of this has created a beautiful sense of friendship and of a loving relationship in our Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you as a body for your faithfulness and your generosity uh, to the work of the Lord as the years have gone by. Nancy and I have pastored the church uh, since 1979, and myself as a uh, bachelor from 72 to 79, 
And the Lord has raised this church up, and it's become a very strong church in the city. Uh, people are coming to know the Lord at all times throughout the city through our, our cell group program. And about 200 people or 200 new believers have professed their faith in Christ through baptism every two to three months. We have a very developed social program. We have a highly developed uh, evangelism program. We have a seminary to train our future leaders of the church. And as you have given to Fuller Theological Seminary, you have also benefited our students who have come to Fuller, who are now in ministry in different areas. So in one way or another, you have been an impact on the lives of many in other countries, but I'm at this moment speaking about Venezuela. So what does it come down to? Uh, the parable that we read this morning is that the uh, shepherd did his uttermost. He went to every length to find that one lost sheep. And that's what we're all about. Doing everything we can, in every way we can, every plan that we can, everything that might come to our minds so that a lost sheep would be found and would be brought by the shepherd, the great shepherd, the wonderful shepherd, back home to find rest because of that one shepherd who gave his life for us and loved us so much that he faithfully brought the truth to us through his servants, through his ministers, through the people, through the services, through the loving services and charity services in every way. And because he will go to any length, he will also wait until we decide to make an about turn in our lives to come to know Jesus and to come home. His sheep know his voice, and he knows us, and we respond to his call, and he calls us to be his. Two years ago, in a Sunday afternoon service in another church that I am a minister of, a very sick man came to me, and I thought he was an indigent. I thought he was a homeless man. But as he shared his story with me, and along with his family that was there, he said, I've been to Houston, and I've been given three months to live. Well, he turned out to be an extremely important man within the whole educational system of the country, founder and owner of several universities. But now he had three months to live. And he said, will you pray for me? As soon as I got back to Caracas, they told me to come to find you and your church so that we could have prayer together. I need to turn my life over to God, and only he can do something for me. Well, Lorenzo and his wife, Cledia, came to know the Lord. Their lives were absolutely changed. And every night from then on, his whole family would meet at his home to pray, to read the scriptures, to come to life, to come to peace, and to come to his eternal hope. He did die, but he died at home, and he died in peace. And he died knowing that he had found his home and he had found rest for his life. He was carried back on the shoulders of the great shepherd. It was a wonderful year to be with him as he came 
every Tuesday night to our prayer services as he shared the gospel and Jesus with all of the people in his circles. And his wife, after he had died, said, people have said, well, he was supposed to be healed. And she said, no. He was given the happiest year of his life. And he went home to be with the Lord in peace, and he's now resting in the arms of our Lord. So what does it mean to rest? What does it mean to be carried on his shoulders? What does it mean by that life of trust and restoration? That life in, that we find in Hebrews in chapter 4 that says something like this, the good news has been announced to us. And having heard the good news, we have placed our faith in Jesus. And having believed, we have entered the rest. And so we hear that hymn that we sing so many times, It is well with my soul. I have found the rest that I needed to find. I have found a new way of life. I have become reconciled with myself. And I have become reconciled with God. And I can now enter into a trusting relationship with him. I am at peace with myself, and we are at peace with God, and we are at peace with others, and we can say with David, our hope is built on nothing less. Our hope comes from the Lord. We are no longer tossed to and fro on the high seas, but we have now come to a state safe and saved life. The divine spirit of the Lord has empowered our lives, has empowered our human spirit, and we know that we now live a joyous and abundant and fulfilling life in Christ. Our heart is at peace. Our heart is at rest. Last week I answered a telephone call and the lady on the other side said, I wanted to share something with you. Our family was distraught because of my brother's drug addiction. And he'd come back and forth between Spain, the islands of Tenerife, and Caracas. And every time he'd come back, we'd have to take him to the hospitals and take him to intensive care. But he went back to Tenerife, and we thought he was gone and that he was lost. And the morning that he was deciding to take his life, distraught by everything that had happened to him and not having any hope, he went online and he found the church service of Las Gracias. And listening to the church service and listening to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, he fell on his knees, wept before the Lord, turned his life over to him, and the Lord freedom from his drug addiction in that particular moment. He came to peace with himself. His life has been transformed. And he now is ministering to the other drug addicts in Tenerife. Twenty and thirty are meeting with him because he could not find a church that he could worship in and that would preach the gospel. So he decided that he'd better do it. Well, that's what happens. <clears throat> That's what happens when we find peace. That is what happens when the Lord transforms our lives. That is what happens when everything is changed. We find ourselves and we can say with the author of Hebrews, uh, 
We are no longer afraid to climb the mountain of the holy fire because having been made freed from our sin, having been restored and redressed by the sanctity and the justice of our Lord, we can boldly enter before the throne of God and there reach His mercy and His grace because He intercedes for you and for me for all of us, day and night, and so we can come in peace and in joy into the presence of our Lord. And we can worship Him, and we can praise Him, for we have been made sons of God, sons of the living God, and now that the divine Spirit has come to reside and to abide in our lives, we can take that powerful life to others to reach that one lost sheep who is waiting for you to speak to him or to her and to let him know that in some way or another, the Lord will transform his life at a particular moment. We are grateful. We are grateful because we can serve him. We are grateful because we are free. Others live an incredible life of fear because they do not know how to enter into the presence of God. But you and I have been called and invited to come into his presence to worship him, and to proclaim the wonderful news that every lost sheep can be found. The New Tribes Mission was expelled a few years ago from Venezuela under the President's order. That meant that there was no more missionary work, whether by the U.S. missionaries or by Venezuelan missionaries among the tribes of Venezuela. One family was left because they were not willing to leave Five days on a motorboat would be the only ways that they, th- that they could be reached. But they could not come back in because if they came to the city, they would no longer be able to go to the house that they had lived in for 55 years where they had raised their children and where their grandchildren were now part of the Indian groups because their sons had married Indian wives. So they said, no. If we came with nothing, we will live with nothing, but we have decided to inter our lives here, and we will not leave the country. So they've given 55 years of their lives. But the surprising thing is that the Indian people of the Makiritari tribes and the other tribes in the area said, it is now our turn to take up the call and to become the missionaries to our own people. They have developed campgrounds five days up into the jungles of Venezuela, right on the borders with Colombia. We have given them electrical plants so that they can uh, have water, they can have electricity, and so they can have their retreat centers. And we are sending our own youth and young people to be with them, to do discipleship and to reach the lost. And now the Indian people, Jose Yupari, and all of his people are now reaching out to 15 different tribes who are now listening to the word of the Lord because one family and before them one lady, Sophia, decided to go do everything he, she could and they could to find the lost sheep. And these people who are alone are now being helped by Jose Cayupari and others. They take, they smuggle medicines to them, they smuggle food to them, they smuggle, smuggle gasoline to them, 
And these missionaries, the Dawsons, are still there and will be there to serve the Lord. They have gone the farthest mile to do everything they can so that others will know the Lord and be found and come home. Let us pray. Father, we so freely come into your presence while others have no knowledge of how to do that. We so openly praise you and others in fear bow down before you. You have called us to go, to give, to pray, and to give everything that we can and do everything that we can so that others might be found. Let us be true to your calling and to your commission. Help us to be reminded daily of those who have not heard and who need to hear so that they might come to believe and they might come to the rest and to the peace that you offer all of us. Lord, we are at peace, that peace that is not understood by the human mind and the human soul until we have found thee. I bless this congregation, its leadership, and the wonderful people who have hosted us during this week. We bless them in Christ's name. Amen.